Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. Today we're doing a Christmas-themed episode where we list all of our Christmas wishes, ways we wish the product or the ecosystem could be improved. But you know what I wish for everyone in the ServiceNow ecosystem, Corey? What's that, Robert? That everyone realized how important automatic testing is. But even more so that they actually did it when they realized how important it is. <laughs> but even if you're on the nice list, there's just too much to do there. It's nearly impossible to manually keep up with your ATF cases. So if it's not too late, add Bootstrap by DotWalk.io to your Christmas wish list. Yeah, the reason why Bootstrap by DotWalk.io is so good is because of one thing. Christmas magic. Oh, sure, they say it's an AI, but I just can't believe that even an AI can look at the at the way you use the ServiceNow platform and in minutes build out your ServiceNow ATF test cases. For sure, man. It's like Santa's workshop dedicated to building test cases for all the good boys and girls. Absolutely. Elf magic. Yeah. All right. Thanks for our sponsor, DotWalk.io. Now, on to the show. My first Christmas wish for the ServiceNow ecosystem and product would be integrated docs. You're experimenting with a new plugin and you're in your dev instance or, or, or your customer instance and you just want to go quickly to the docs for that module or that business rule or that table definition or something like that. I wish I could like via right click menu, just right click and say, go to docs. And it takes me to that app in the version that I'm currently in. And then saves me all the time of like moving to another tab and going to docs and going through search and suffering any new reorganization they've done. Just, I wish it was just tightly knit into the tool itself. You know, I think that'd be awesome. I think that I have all, I have typically come across that same wish when I'm building something else. Like I wish I could just right click and get docs to, to pop up and have the context of where I am and tell me what I need to know. Yeah. And there's, you know? those, there's those cases too where on docs, it's like, you know, the material is in there, but you don't have the right search terms. Right. And, yes. and I felt even like Paris Delta, the Paris release notes are like this. If you type in Paris release notes, it takes you to a page that talks about how release notes work. It doesn't take you to the Paris release <laughs> notes. And it's just like, I know it's in there somewhere. I know it's in there, <laughs> but I can't get to it. And so I just wish that the app had it all just tied in. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you on that. I, I remember looking for um, some information around email scripting or email notifications, right? Some mm -hmm. just kind of really weird kind of esoteric information that I know was there because I remember seeing it on the wiki. Oh, yeah. Um, that's yeah. how... Yeah, that's how long ago I'd looked for it, but I knew that, you know, it, the documentation was there. And, you know, it took me forever to find it on docs. And it's not a knock on docs, right? I just didn't know what, what it was exactly called. Is right? it, the, is it that one picture that tells you how it does the processing? Yes. Oh, I love that. Yep. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've saved that to my desk, to my, to my drive. And I'm like, I, I know this is going to disappear someday. I got to keep it. And I just, I could never find it. <laughs> Right, right. And it's always easier, you think, yeah. right, like just to go back to the to the docs and, and look it up again, but it always ends up taking a lot longer than you think. All right. What's your Christmas wish, Corey? So I need some kind of credential management for ITOM. And I don't mean like, you know, CyberArk or something like that because there are integrations there. What I mean is the ability to get the credentials from the actual team as we're building this out. So this is a huge, huge issue with discovery projects, right? Nobody's sending you credentials over email anymore. Like that's just mm, not happening. Yeah, so, right. so I can send a I can send an express sheet that, you know, kind of details everything that I need and they're gonna get on the phone with me and say, All right, number one, I'm not sending you my credentials over e over email. 
Number two, I don't even want you to know what they are, right? And I can totally understand that. So I just need like a programmatic way in order that I can go in and maybe create a service request or some kind of request where I can put in, okay, I need to, I need to send security, a request for these credentials, right? And it goes off to them and then they get a link to ServiceNow and, and maybe the, the rights, you know, that are granted automatically with the, um, with that request, right? They can go in and they can enter all the credentials necessary for that. And then, you know, that's saved to the instance and then their, their rights evaporate, you know, 30 minutes later or something like that. Just some sort of workflow that's professional and integrated so that I don't Man. have to build this every time. You, okay, listen, I'm changing my next one. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> you said it so, it was such a beautiful turn of turn of phrase, evaporating rights. Like, yeah, and I just thought of like, I was, oh, I can't even get it out. The ideas are coming into my head so fast. Like, <laughs> you ever have like a customer who have like really strict IDM processes, and it's like, oh, yeah. the, I need you to help me troubleshoot this thing. Well, we don't have the week it's going to take to let me get in on there. So you're doing these weird like they drive while you walk them through it stuff over Zoom. But yep. just imagine if you had some kind of feature where it's like, okay, authorize this person for like 15 minutes of use, 30 minutes of use, have it an elevated amount of logging. So it just tells you everything that got changed. All every process that ran, every business rule that fired just logs the heck out of it. But then also allow somebody to just come onto your instance for half an hour. And then it just, poof, it just nukes the roles after that. Dude, that's genius. <laughs> I'm glad you thought of it. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> wow. You know, I mean, that, that's, that is something that, <clears throat> excuse me, both of these are something that I'm actually experiencing with, with two different clients right now, right? And so, you know, if that package was available, boom, that just solves a lot of problems for me, especially in the ITOM space. Holy mag, and, I'm just dying to sit on Santa's lap now. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Find me a mall that's open. <laughs> Wishless time. All right, Santa, listen here. All right. So, uh, go ahead, Robert. What's your next one then? Uh, I get two in a row. That's awesome. Okay. Let's go for two in a row. Okay. I wish that there was way more demo and spotlight on new features, version after version. I feel like the product has grown explosively wide and deep. It's just a, right. a fundamentally massive app compared to even a couple of years ago. You know, as I think back, you know, I do retrospectives on some of the versions that I deconstructed and it's like, whatever happened to that? Still one of my highest performing videos on my YouTube channel is the, um, you know, you can break down the ITIL role into just different process roles. Like you can have right. an incident role and a problem role and a change role and just give them that. And it's just, I feel like nobody really knows about it. And then you have what, what came out in Paris, the process automation builder. Oh yeah. And it's just like, that's amazing. It's like everything order guides should have been. Right. And then some more. It's like a, it's like a whole other way of thinking about building apps I mean, the workflow of workflows and on service now. And I've seen like one or two things posted about it. I wish they'd have massive gatherings, massive marketing efforts say, hey, it's a new thing. We know you guys are going to teach us more than we're going to teach you. But at the start, we just need to inject the ecosystem with a ton of knowledge. Like, don't give us a, a one page docs on here's how to build a test case of it. Like, you need hours of video out there to really 
pull this thing off. And I just say, just remember how much time it took to get everybody up to speed on Flow Designer. And you're putting something yeah. like that process automation tool. It just needs more steam. It needs more attention. It needs more active measures to get the community to contend with it, to come to grips with it. And, you know, even piggybacking on that, right? Like, let's see this from both the consumer viewpoint, but also the developer viewpoint as well. Let's see how I can use this as, as I'm building it, but let's also see how you intend for the end user to use it, right? Like, I'd like yeah. to see, you know, a sample company, a, you know, dummy company, dummy data, dummy process, right? Like, let's run through this and really, you know, explore that. So then when I'm talking to my customers, right, then I can give them a, a better overview of what this feature does and why it's going to be valuable to them. Yep. So, yeah, my next one is duplicate record detection. For some odd reason, this this one gets flagged often to me and, and has been over the, over the last few years. In ServiceNow, there's technically, right, like when you're on the table, you technically can't have a duplicate record, but you, you often have records that have duplicate data. So they're functionally duplicate, even though they're, even though according to the system, unique, right? We need, we need better tools to detect those records and be able to merge that information or get rid of it. Think about Google Contacts, right? When I go into Google Contacts, there's a button I push or even it might even run automatically. And it's like, we've detected that Robert Fedorik's in your contact list seven times. This, you've got five different emails and two different phone numbers. Would you like to merge them all into one contact? And that's what I want to see when I'm, when I'm looking at data because it's really, otherwise you just got to do it programmatically or you got to literally look at every piece of data and like click on the list view and you know, check those boxes and then delete and hope you got all of them, right? It should just maybe highlight it or or give me a suggestion or do some kind of grouping. Give me something, right? Just give me something where I can see all of the duplicate records in this particular table all at once and, and zap them and move on. Man, I think you just found another AI use case. Uh, yeah, I agree. Definitely. Yeah, I, I second that one. All right. What about, what's your next one, Robert? Better ID management for ServiceNow. Not on ServiceNow, for ServiceNow. So- okay. It's this idea that like I've been in the game for 12 years, right? So think of how many identities I have at ServiceNow. And I mean, it's caused me so much drama. The fact that I've been a customer a couple times, I've worked for many, many different partners in different capacities. And it always seems like, oh, we couldn't do this with your profile because this thing is associated with that thing. And, you know, when it came to now learning and where the heck is my certified system administrator, right? Like which account right. is it under? And it's all because your ID is your email address. And because of that, you don't really have a true identity. You have different identities depending on which email address you had at the time. I mean, it's caused yeah. like literally hundreds of hours of doing reconciliation on this, you know, over a decade and a bit. I, I really wish that they had some better system behind the scenes so that you had a, a true identity that would go with you wherever you go, right? I'm, I'm Robert Fedoric. I have these certs. I have these accomplishments and badges and whatever. And today it's here. Tomorrow it's there. Is that true? Like yeah. all of your accomplishments are yours and your employers get to borrow them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. In the Microsoft world back in the day, right? Like you had your MCP number. Right. And when you got your uh, when you passed your first test, they gave you a number and that number stuck with you throughout the ecosystem. So even if, when you got more certifications, you know, even going across different versions, right, like that MCP number stuck with you. And it was the way that you can always address uh -huh. yourself to Microsoft like ServiceNow would be, would be wise to really adopt something like that where. You know, because like you said, when, when I started in ServiceNow, right, I was working for, uh, for a company and I, I, of course, used my company email to sign up for my first ServiceNow right. community account, right? And my first high account and all that stuff, right? 
And so, you know, when I eventually transitioned out of that and started being a, an independent consultant, right, now I got a new email address. And it was a pain to actually kind of try to convert all of that stuff from my old email to my new email because, unfortunately, right, I didn't have the forethought to do that before I lost access to my old email account. So, you know, it's just those things, those situations that you don't always think about that kind of make this process a lot more difficult than you would. You would just say, well, you just lock in with your old credentials and then you, you know, update it. Yeah, well, you know, there's security around that too, right? You don't want someone just being able to hack your password and steal your account. So Mm -hmm. likely they send you an email to the old account first so you can verify that this is actually you saying port this over to my new email address yeah. and it's all that kind of stuff i mean we they need like I they, said, yeah, they, not only do they need to have like some non-email identity but it's also got to have a merge capability absolutely yeah like i, I so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no man i'm with you i'm with you 100 percent on this right because it's it's just you know there there are so many places in service now where you need to log on using this identity and i think even across the different platforms before the recent kind of merging of trying to have the one service now account there was i believe a different account for um, knowledge mm-hmm. a different account for community yep. you know tpp and all, you know all, yeah, TPP, right? All of these things are different accounts and trying to trying to keep up with all of those, keep all of those straight and manage them, right? Like it's crazy. So yeah, give me one, man. Just give me one identity. Yep, I hear you. <clears throat> I, I was about to say, I hear you. No, I hear me. That's an awesome idea. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, Just gotta Robert, reach back and you are oh, heard. my back. Oh, it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> you are heard, my friend. You are heard. <laughs> so my next one is going to be uh, better name native indie tools, right? Like, so I'm an independent consultant, right? And as an independent consultant, I'm not only managing my clients, right? Like doing, making sure I do great work for them. I got to manage myself as a business, right? As an entity. And ServiceNow, of course, is the best place to do that, or it could be. Because, you know, as an independent consultant, there's, there's sales, right? There's marketing, there's time management. There's all these different things that you do as a business that you also you know, then have to do all these other things for your clients. It would just be great because I'm going to have my own instance, whether that's a PDI or whether you actually are official partner with ServiceNow, right? It would just be great if there was like some sort of module I can plug into ServiceNow or in, or enable in ServiceNow. And then I get access to just this, this, indie, this indie console, right? And it gave me like sales and it, it doesn't have to be like full-fledged, lightweight sales, right? Like I just want to know my contacts and, you know, be able to manage my inbound and be able to manage my time in one place. Right. So I'm not putting that over in fresh books or something like mm-hmm. that. Right. It put Have it all in one space, because, again, I'm in service now most of the day. It would just be great if I could do all of that in service now natively without have to build it myself, without having to build it myself, which I have. <laughs> but, you know, it would be it would would be much better if they would just do that for me. Yeah. Testify. I, I'm, I'm still kind of surprised that there's no even like b2b invoicing solution yes you know what i mean or po's and, yeah yeah like i should be able to directly invoice my clients from service now i can't do that no yeah yeah so i mean i, I don't know is is that's one of the things i mean there's no um again this kind of ties back to to the previous point about identity right but it'd be really great if you know i could present myself in such a way from service now with all of my credentials and all you know my experience and be able to kind of just generate something up and kind of like a personal marketing thing maybe that's out of scope right but it's just i mean we are no, talking about no i don't wishes, think it is right? i don't think it is i think i think there's a very clear intent at service now to try that go to now creators and tell me they're not trying to do what you just said that's true Absolutely true. They got all the badges yep. and stuff. And I just like, 
I remember being on some focus group or something somebody was interviewing me about it. And I'm like, yeah, gotta make those LinkedIn rich media stories. You know, on LinkedIn, where yep. I was like, you can put a video or a picture and you could, or a document or whatever. I'm like, let people build their own stories, man. You could be like a ServiceNow LinkedIn, but with all the benefits of scraping your own data and having badges, you know what I mean? That self-calculate. Yep. Um, Absolutely. And it could just be like a really niched LinkedIn, but integrated into the ServiceNow community and everything. I, I have high hopes for where that's going. Yeah, so do I. I mean, it, it, it looks like they, they have the bug, right? And this is the, yeah. the very, very beginning of kind of building something like that out. I'd, li- I'd love to see it. But there, that whole like ID management thing gets wound up in there. And then the just the navigation of now learning and now creators kind of gets mixed up. Like I, I still find myself accidentally at now creators a lot of times like i'll be on now learning and i'll be like okay where's my cert Uh, right and i'll be like oh i'll click a button that says something about cert and now all of a sudden i'm in now creators and oh i gotta log in again and right (laughs) right 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 like the the, the, but then but then you log in and it forgets where you were supposed to go so you're right at the base page yeah and it's like now i gotta start over in a different asset anyway for all my complaints i have high hopes i really do but I, I swear, yeah, no, I they're moving towards what you're saying. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you, man, 100%, right? Like, I, I feel like they're they're going in that direction. I definitely do have high hopes for it. All right, your turn, Robert. Okay, um, I might be a bit biased on this because I'm a member of all of these institutions, but <laughs> <laughs> I wish ServiceNow would provide a much bigger spotlight to the community in general, the community MVPs, specifically, and the newly minted dev MVP program, which I understand has only been around for one season. But, and when I say I wish ServiceNow would put more spotlight, I'm talking like the big corporate messaging, the things that the at ServiceNow account on Twitter will show, the things that they talk about at Knowledge. And if you look at how the Certified Master Architect program gets played, like everybody knows about it. LinkedIn gets flooded with the new cohort when, when they graduate. There's a lot of spotlight there. And don't get me wrong. I know that the CMA program is great for the ecosystem. Those guys are going to be the elite boardroom door kickers that go in and get big problems solved and big solutions made. I love it. But if you take a look at just the numbers of what community has done for the ServiceNow ecosystem, it has been a slow rising tide that has raised all boats. Community has and community alone. Community is responsible for getting the type of education that we needed at scale. Community was the guardrails for the entire ecosystem and still is the guardrails for the entire ecosystem for a decade. How many tens of millions of dollars have been saved by consultants going on to community asking, how do I do this bad idea? And community members saying, (laughs) no, 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 no. Stop. (laughs) Wrong question. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, I just feel community punches above its weight in terms of value provided to the ecosystem. And I think up at the top, like community itself does a good job of self-promotion, right? But they need the bigger energy. I think community has done enough that Billy McDee is fully justified in saying our community is an incredibly valuable asset to the platform success. Yeah. So Robert, let me actually jump in here because I'll say that the community is part of the reason 
that when I first became a ServiceNow customer through the last company that I worked for, the community was a large part of selling ServiceNow to us. The fact that the community existed, the fact that the wiki existed, the fact that the content was there and that it was so rich, and there were so many people helping out, and there were so many, like you said, there were guardrails in case you got in trouble. That was a huge selling point to us. A huge, and let me tell you why. Because you and I both graduated from the same community of uh, of magic users, right? Yeah. And 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 that how that Yahoo group like served <laughs> at the served as served as the guard well. No, the, 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 listen, there. there was Ron Sorrell, and then there was everybody yeah. who asked Ron Sorrell questions. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But I mean, if you wanted to do it, it's likely that somebody on there also had wanted to do it at one point or something similar enough that you could take their solution Mm -hmm. and and translate it to your own. And I saw that same thing in the ServiceNow community and the ServiceNow wiki when we were looking to transition off of uh, Magic because they were sunsetting. And that was one of the key selling points. So the community has been punching above its weight for 10 years at least, right? Since the practically the beginning of ServiceNow. I don't go back, you know, all the way to the beginning in the service now, but to my beginnings of service now, community has been punching above his weight. Yeah. Right. And it is a, it is guaranteed an asset and it and it has returned more value than its cost by far, in my opinion. And and there's paragons within that community. If you just look at the community top ten, like those guys are working two full-time jobs. Like they're working their full-time job and then they're putting like tons and tons of hours. Each of those guys in the top ten has basically put in a CMA's worth of time commitment in terms of just lifting everybody else up in the community and making sure everybody around them is getting the best ways to do things. It's incredible. And I just wish that those dudes in the top 10, I'm not in the top 10 anymore, so I'm not promoting myself here, <laughs> but like those guys need special honor and, and honor in, in excess of just what the ServiceNow community employees can give. This needs some significant top brass praise. And then there's this new thing, the Dev MVP program is to some extent, I, I doubt many people have heard of it, but it's it's an MVP program for people who are independently developer heavy, implementation heavy, private mover shakers in the community. So like people with their own YouTube channels and community content and whatnot. And that I think is going to be one of the only ways they're going to be taking all this new innovation and new processes and stuff. And that's the only way they're going to be able to get those new products integrated into the customer base is to educate the ecosystem. And what better than MVP programs, people who contribute way, way, way above above the average to get the ecosystem learned up. Gosh, I'm having so much trouble articulating this. I don't know why. <laughs> no, but I get it. I get it, man. It's, I mean, the community, all facets of it. Yeah. You know, it's the backbone of ServiceNow. It's really what it comes down to. And it's the and next best they, thing for to free. This is like ServiceNow is not paying these people services to do, yeah. to, to like, to improve everybody else's service, to educate the ecosystem. There's just yeah. preposterous amounts of like, What's the dollar per hour on a ServiceNow course? Let's go even further, right? I don't even think you could generate content of this value if you pay people to do it. I think this kind of content only gets generated out of a profound love of actually doing it, mm-hmm. right? A want to give back, you know, a, a feeling that there's something missing there and you want to add value to it, right? Like, I don't think you can hire people at, at scale anyway. Like, sure, you can hire one or two or five, right? Yeah. I don't think you can hire people at scale to create yeah. 
mm-hmm. this level of engagement and this level of content. Yeah. Like, I just don't think you could do it. And like, because ServiceNow does have teams of people that try and educate the ecosystem. And I think about the Now Learning team who's cranking out tons and tons and tons of like courseware onto Now Learning. That's awesome. Um, yeah. The developer blog over there with Brad Tilton and got yeah, and those and, folks. But it's, it's like educative, but like... I'm, there's, it's a different type of education when it's like that passionate, the passionate advocate and they give you the lesson, the unofficial lessons. Like, yeah, I know that's what it does, but really what it does is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, there's lots of ideas that get deployed and don't survive first contact with the enemy or they just, you know what I mean? Like ServiceNow develops it thinking the ecosystem works this way. And then a year or so later they find out, well, not at scale, it doesn't. And it's the frontline right. people who are writing all the blogs, doing all the videos, participating in the community that are driving that knowledge. And and who are also saying, well, you know, this thing does does this out of the box. But you, have you ever thought about using it like this? Yep. Right? Like completely, completely off. And it's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> How many people you know? custom built a time card days solution before ServiceNow rolled it out? Yeah, I think I'm talking to Warren. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, data certification, right? Like, you know, I could talk about data certification for hours. It's one of those things that on the surface, right, it's just a CMDB certification Mm -hmm. type of tool, man. But if you crack that sucker open, there's so much you can do there. It's beyond magic. So, I mean, it's just stuff like that, you know, and there are folks out there who are doing this, right? And they're contributing their experience and their knowledge to the greater ecosystem for the greater good. And they should be applauded. In fact, we're applauding them right here, right now. (laughs) Yeah. Dhruv Gupta and his Mavericks program out of India. I sat in on one of their sessions on Sunday. They're packing the house over there. They got like 200 people on a Zoom call at once. Wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) And it's just people- We got to get them on the show. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I got Dhruv on Titans and- guy's a monster, man. He just, he's, he's a super connector. I just wish that, you know, again, the CMA program gets a lot of spotlight and it's got a good purpose, but the people who are going to drive education adoption at scale are the people like Druv who are just get him and 200, 200 of his closest friends showing up on a Sunday and getting somebody to talk at them about performance analytics or GRC or it's just injecting so much education in one shot. Wow, we're really going on this, aren't we? <laughs> we are, man. We are. <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, you know, when you really think about it, look, people are the backbone, man. I mean, you know, it's, you know, there's the three P's, people, process, product, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, people are, are one of those things that you cannot overstate this, the, the value of, you know, of good developer, good evangelists, mm-hmm. right? Like people who are out there and touting your brand and building your community and bringing folks in and then serving as the vanguard, right? Of the next generation, so to speak. Maybe it sounds a little sci-fi-ish, but I mean, it's what happened. Like it's what happened to me. That's why I know it works. You literally can't overstate how how valuable these folks are to this ecosystem and yeah. how much we should be pumping them up and getting their names out there and getting their feet out there so that other folks see it and they come and they join. And, you know, maybe it's somebody who has a lot of value to add. I mean, I've seen that on LinkedIn, actually, now that I think about it a couple of times. Someone's like, man, you know, I'm starting my first blog and I've been so inspired by this person or that person that I just feel like I need to do it. I'm like, Yes. That's wonderful. It's awesome. So those people should be spotlighted on them, right? Let's boost the community. I mean, ServiceNow, you should be doing this, right? But we're going to do it if you're not. And Maybe we're going to do it even, even if you do it. <laughs> okay, Corey, uh, you still have one on your list. 
I do. Um, so my last one here, and, and again, these weren't actually, as we brainstormed these, they weren't actually uh, dreamt to be related, but they have turned out to be pretty related. Uh, mine is a TPP instance integration, right? So, you know, as a technology partner with ServiceNow, you get an instance, right? That's one of the best perks about it. You get your own instance. It doesn't expire. You can do whatever you want to with it, all that kind of good stuff. It would just be really cool if that instance on the back end was integrated into more of the partner solution stuff the service now has. I don't think partner instances are integrated in that way either. So I don't think we're they're like picking picking a side or anything mm -hmm. like that. But I just think that if my ServiceNow instance that's provisioned to me and ServiceNow knows I'm a partner, right? If they had hooks into like their collateral that's on the back end that I can use for as I'm developing things for my for my clients, whether that those are applications or processes or you know, as I'm building out my marketing or whatever, my collateral and getting myself up to speed on new products that are coming out. I would love if there was like just a, a partner spotlight section in my partner instance that was hooked into the mothership, getting that content being directly into my instance so that I can access it easier. I should just be able to go in if I'm onboarding a client, I'm about to do like a ITBM integration. I'm sorry, ITBM uh, implementation, right? Should be able to go to that spotlight, you know, so to speak and type in ITBM. And then boom, I should be able to get like collateral right there in front of me. It's like, oh, okay, this is the first look documentation or, you know, this is something where you can you know, talking points when you're talking to the client about this. These are the things you want to hit on, like all of that kind of stuff that goes on in like the sales trainings and stuff like that. And that's also available, you know, later, like put it right there in my instance so I can get it. Let me have it right there so I don't have to go searching for it. Let me put it together, make me more efficient. It mm -hmm. makes making me more efficient, makes service now better. So just give it to me. I mean, I know this is fairly niche, right? Because there are less partners than there are, you know, integrators and, and you know, just regular folks doing a job in, in the ServiceNow ecosystem. Still, I, I think it's important. Do we have time for one more? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. The salary survey, right? It comes right. out every year. It's a big topic. getting point. controversial. I wish everybody knew how much that thing does not work in their best interests. That is so counter to all of our interests. It is not even funny. And I have a YouTube video on this, but just think about this at scale, folks. They want to know what the lowest amount of money you would settle for is. They have no incentive. There is no incentive for them to give an accurate measure of what the data is because staffing agencies live between the maximum amount a customer is willing to spend and the lowest amount a resource is willing to take. That's the only place they can exist in. That's totally cool. That's a valid business model. But the only lever they have is to lever your rate downward. They have very weak levers to get the customer to pay more. Very weak. So every time they, they find somebody who's, whose salary is, is lower, that's good news for them. They want the salaries to be lower so that they can take more of the margin. Corey and I did the math on this. If they could get you to come down, they can get the ecosystem to come down by $5 an hour. It's seven and a half million dollars that they take. If they get you to come down by $1 an hour, it's one and a half million across the ecosystem. The salary survey doesn't work in our interests. We should not be taking it. If you want to take a salary survey, talk to Travis Tolson. We'll put the links in the description below. Travis is an industry insider. He's built a salary survey by us for us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and no other entity through perverse incentives is going to be able to leverage that data. If you want that data for yourself, how do I rank against my friends and my, my peers? Yeah, that's great. Just don't count on a staffing agency that has zero incentive to tell you the truth about that.
Yeah, I mean, Robert, you make a really good point, and I know this because you and I have talked about it, but you make a really good point on the math here, right? And this is not ecosystem specific, right? Let's be real there. Any ecosystem where the labor is telling you what they will work for gives the folks in the middle more information so they can create a more efficient marketplace for themselves, mm-hmm. right? If I know the minimal amount that you're going to take, then I know the minimal amount that I can offer you. Yeah. And And that doesn't mean that they're going to go over to the other side because it's a two-sided marketplace. mm -hmm. They're not going to go to the other side, the seller side and say, hey, I got uh, someone in the ecosystem that's going to take, you know, $10 an hour. Why don't you come down? (laughs) Yeah. Why don't you come down? I can save you money. Because you know what? You are not the client. You are the product. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And and once you realize that, then you absolutely know, right? If I take more, if the sellers is offering the recruiter 50 bucks an hour and I'm willing to take 10, well, guess who get 40? Yep. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and look, and not all recruiters are that way, right? So I'm talking in general here, mm-hmm. right? When I talk about how this, how this works, there are a lot of phenomenal ones out there who will actually go out and, and bust their butts right, to get you what you deserve. But there are some out there in the ecosystem who will punch that math and say, well, that's more for me. Yeah. So just kind of think about that, yeah. right? And uh, like, ask is- yourself, why are they doing it? It takes them energy to do the salary survey. They aren't doing it so that you can figure out where you stand against your peers. That's an accidental side effect. They are doing it so they can find out where to apply the pressure on rates. That is why they're doing it. There is no part of that mechanism that doesn't involve downward pressure on ecosystem rates. And even if it's just more transparency on ecosystem rates, that still works against us. Still works against us. We don't have guilds. We don't have unions. Nothing. None of that. We stand together or we fall together. Even if we're just knowing what it, where everyone else is at, I mean, that just that that, that doesn't help us yeah. either. So that's why Travis has done such mind. a service for us by doing his own survey. Screw this other one. Talk to Travis. <laughs> wait for those results to come out by us for us. There you go. All right, I think we're at time there, Corey. I think we are, Robert. Thanks again for listening, folks. Be sure to check out our sponsor, DotWalk.io, makers of Bootstrap, the best AI testing software in the ServiceNow ecosystem. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye.